sports world what is happening chris dell here from the family feud sports podcast on go baller ffs sitting here next to the godfather mr alan dell to bring you our black monday nfl special forecasting the future firings of head coaches across the national football league and without further ado mr alan dell you got your knives you got your daggers you got your horse heads to put in the bed whose beds of nfl coaches are you putting horse heads in for the weekend man well one's already gone but i have to mention his name because he was the all-time worst ben mcadoo of the giants when you alienate an entire city and your franchise quarterback you gotta go and ben was gone so i won't take credit for Mac. so who's on my fire list now None other than John Fox, Chicago Bears. John, 12 and 32, three years. Hey, John, sayonara, goodbye. You want a dagger in your back, I'll give it to you. Why don't you just walk out the door with a little respect? John, John Fox, man. Hey, so just real quick to, to, to recap is that Black Monday is the official day every season going into the playoffs where a majority of head coaches get the axe right. and get fired. So we're just going through your list. We're going to go through my list after that of who you think should be fired or who you would fire well, if you were an I'm NFL owner. Who, will, who I would fire. I would have fired John Fox. I would fire Marvin Lewis. I mean, he supposedly has, has agreed to leave. My, but my fingers are crossed as a Bengals fan, there's baby. There's a lot of anxiety in the Queen City. That something might happen in the upper echelon of the Cincinnati Bengals will say, no, don't leave, Marvin. Marvin, Marvin, you got to go, and you, I would definitely fire you. Dirk Cutter, I'm sorry, guy. I know two years isn't a lot, but that's what the Bucks have been doing. They fired the last three coaches. They had all got fired in two years. Oh, Raheem Morris lasted three, excuse me. <laughs> but um, Good boy. Especially if John Gruden is in the area. And ready to go. There's a, there's a rumor that someone saw a moving truck in a Bucks parking lot and uh, right behind Cutter's office, and uh, he may be gone. Oh, so man. I, I think Dirk's got to go. I think he's lost control of the team. I think Jay, Jameis Winston needs some kind of stronger figure, maybe or a father figure by Lovey Smith. Well, it's a, that's a really good point you bring up because we were talking about this the other day off the air. Is that you covered the Bucks through a lot of these coaching changes? The Glazers are quick to make those fires and. You brought up Lovey Smith. The fact that under Lovey Smith's tenure, Jameis Winston was behaved, acted mature, and acted as a natural born leader. And what has he done in the first season or second season since he's been gone? Under Dirk Cutter was supposed to be Jameis's guy. Yeah. So what happened there? Yeah, well Lovey only had him for one year, but but he he added, he gave Winston a different type of personality. Winston acted more mature, he was serious. He was very careful of what he did under Dirk Cutter. He seems to be going wild like he's that crazy man that was at FSU. Sucking so, those fingers, man. So I don't know what happened, but Dirk Cutter has lost control. And I think he's going to be gone. He's 13 and 15. You, you might say, well, you don't fire a guy in two years that went 13 and 15. But you got to go. And I'm sorry, Hugh Jackson. Hey, your record's 1 and 27. Why couldn't Whew. you, why couldn't you, you do what Todd Bowles did with the Jets? He didn't have much more talent exactly. than you did. He had a broken down guy, Josh McCown, a quarterback, and he managed to win five games. And how many of those other games were close? More than half. Trying to play in Jedi mind tricks with the rookie Deshaun Kaiser at the beginning of the year, benching him one week, starting in the next, completely destroying any type of confidence that his rookie quarterback could have had this season to help them win a game. And I'm sorry, 
Sorry, Dow. Sorry, Jerry. But my next guy I would fire would be Jason Garrity, 64 and 52. Hey, come on. You know what, Jason? Why does he last? Because he's a yes man for Jerry Jones. He won't go against him. So if that's the kind of guy you want, okay. But I'd fire him. That's definitely the guy Jerry Jones wants in there for damn sure. Uh, and the next guy, Bruce Arians, uh, Arizona coach. I don't know. That will be kind of a mutual thing. He's had some health issues. They say he's, he may retire on his own. So I'm not sure. I, I would just sit down with Bruce and say, look, Bruce, maybe it's been a good run. You know, we had a little fun. Uh, We've had no quarterback this year. Yeah, I know. And, and it banged up Palmer last year at best. Yeah, so uh, the other the other guys I would definitely fire Bruce. I, I, I would I would shake his hand and say, let me walk you out the door and give you a sense of pride. It's a res- I, respectable uh, godfather move right there. Yeah, uh, Mike Malarkey, he's on the Tennessee head coach. I can't fire him right now. He, how many more guys you got on your list? That's it jump for me, in. and I got guys likely to be gone, but those are the guys that I would fire. Okay, so you got the Godfather's hot list of coaches he would fire on Black Monday. We'll be right back with part two. Okay, so you heard it here. First sports world, the list of who the Godfather would can heading into Black Monday, the day of the NFL season where the head coaches get the axe, get the horse head in the bed, whatever you want to call it. Now we're going to jump in. To the list of coaches that I, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, would can on Black Monday. And I'm going to just gloss over a few of the same people we had on the list, but there's a few differences. I'm just going to let you know, Mr. Godfather, we got a generational gap going on here. And I agree with you. I'll give you Dirk Cutter. I think he should definitely be gone because that's a case of, and we've seen it many times, and I think this is actually why Ben McAdoo got the job as the Giants coach glorified offensive coordinators who come up with really cool and cute X and O plays and score some touchdowns with talented players on the field and all of a sudden people want to think they can run an entire locker room and organization when they should just stick to their playbook and making those plays and that is it. Dirk Cutter, prime example of that. Ben McAdoo, prime example of that. How about John Fox? I agree with you there. An example of an old school coach who is in a new school type of league and the way he's handled Mitch Trubisky and that offense this season you don't put the rain the, the reins on anybody like that unless they cannot throw a football or they have no arms, period. The way John Fox has handled that situation, going ground and pound, you can't go ground and pound when you're losing games by an average of 30 points in the second half. Absolutely ridiculous what's happened there. John Fox, people will soon forget with all the bad moves he's made recently of the success he actually had when he was coach of the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos way back when. Okay, now we're going to jump into... Hugh Jackson, you mentioned. I agree with you there again. Is he jumping in Lake Erie if the Browns win this game? I think that shows you just how freaking crazy the guy is and just how little confidence this guy actually instills in his players. Who says that? You're 0-15? You need to be saying every single thing positive to boost your guys and give them the confidence that they can win a freaking football game. And the fact he's now making fun of himself to ease the pressure and tension off him as the head coach shows you that this guy is not built to be a head coach and he also needs to go back to being a glorified offensive coordinator wherever the hell he goes bye bye Hugh Jackson Marvin Lewis I've ranted about too much already this year on the podcast as a beloved Bungles fan so I'm going to skip that one let's hope Mike Brown stays somewhat competent and just lets him walk out the door how about your boy Chuck Pagano man another another example of a guy who's just seemingly an old-school coach in a new-school league. I know you brought up the fact that he's had a winning record in almost every year because he had Andrew Luck as his quarterback. So let's just not be so quick to give Chuck the credit for all of those wins. However, that's the one case where, yeah, I could say this year that team 
is completely depleted. All right, now I'm going to jump into my special two guys on my list, the add-ups. That, I'm, I'm, that's seven guys I mentioned overall that I would fire if I was the owner of these franchises. I'm going to jump into who you said your boy, John Gruden. How about his brother, Jay Gruden, former offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, another offensive coordinator, or let's say another coordinator that went from being Marvin Lewis's assistant coach to being a head coach. Mike Zimmer's a great example of the Minnesota Vikings, but Jay Gruden, the guy has never done anything to improve the offenses he actually coaches for. As long as he keep things, as long as he keeps things up to par, or as on average that they as they've been in the past, he will get the boost from his last name. And that brings me to my another to another example. My next example, Kyle freaking Shanahan, the most glorified, the most glorified offensive coordinator in NFL history. Roger Goodell and my friends in the NFL, we don't do nepotism here. Jay Gruden and Kyle Shanahan are the two most overrated coaches in the NFL. It's not even close. Look at what Kyle Shanahan did when Jimmy Garoppolo got into town and how he insisted that it was not his job. Even though by getting him in there, they would have won more games. So are you playing for a draft pick? Why did you put him in then a few weeks later and now you're on a winning streak going into the regular season finale? Okay. You either tank or you don't tank. You don't wishy-washy and go have pregnant in between. Kyle Shanahan, he's a great play caller, scribbling X's and O's, getting pats on his back from his daddy, Mike Shanahan. That's what he's best for. He had a super talented Atlanta team last year. And yeah, they're struggling on offense a little bit. But Kyle Shanahan is too young and too incompetent to be an NFL coach successfully in this league. That's who I would fire. And let me get this straight. With you guys, Sports World, these two guys will not be fired on Monday. But if I was the owner of the Redskins, if I was the owner of the Niners, they would both get the axe without a doubt in my mind, without guessing for a second. We're going to be right back with those who will get fired. So you, you were saying about Pagano that he actually should stay, right, based off his record. Should. He's only had one losing. This, is first, this one is his first losing season. So do you think that is is that Andrew Luck to blame or give credit for, or is it? Do you do you think Chuck Pagano should stay around? This yeah, question. Yeah, I give him another year. All right, so now. Well, that's another one. That's a tough. One. That, that that was a good one, and I've heard some some rumors out there that Mike McCarthy potentially could be a surprise firing. That would be a surprise. On Monday, it would be a surprise, and a few others that we haven't mentioned here on a bonus edition of our NFL Black Monday forecast. Uh, Jack Del Rio, Raiders coach, you've been saying he's on the hot seat yeah, in your book for a while. Del Rio has a, has a contract through 2020, and I don't think Mark Davis and the Raiders are going to want to pay him that that much for yeah. that many years. And I, well, you, you, they, what, they were 12-4 and four last year? They, they came into this season as Super Bowl favorites, at least by Vegas standards. I mean, yeah, you have a down year. Okay, regroup, see what you can do next year. If they struggle again next year the way they struggled this year, I could definitely see Del Rio getting the axe regardless of the contract. But, uh, I mean, another guy in that same division sticking to uh, t- t- sticking there is Vance Joseph for the Denver Broncos, yeah, well, right? Here's how I feel about Vance. This is his first year. He, they're 3-9. If John Elway fires Vance Joseph, then John Elway should fire John Elway because uh, one year I does agree. not say anything. And uh, the, the quarterback situation in Denver is a mess, and that's John Elway's fault. Absolutely. He, he tried to do things on the cheap, and the defense has been a disappointment, and that's John Elway's fault. He, Mr. Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, he, he has 
complete reign over that organization. So I, I don't see Farnham. I think that's a mistake. Why did you hire him if you only, you only give a guy a year? Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And, and it's, two more cases right here of rookie head. How, how can you fire a rookie head coach, right, first year? No and, and it doesn't. But two, two other guys that we've mentioned before that could be, potentially be on that list, Adam Gase of the Dolphins, Sean McDermott of the Bills. So guys who have barely had any time to get their footing, you know, yeah, in, the, in no, those organizations. The have, uh, I think they've uh, exceeded expectations. They they could make the playoffs. Well, Sean McDermott, he seems like he was the one behind Tyrod Taylor's benching for Nathan Peterman. So just that move alone scares the hell out of me if I'm a Bills fan to let this guy make decisions like that. They're obviously a much better team with Tyrod Taylor's quarterback, and it doesn't seem like they plan on keeping Tyrod Taylor, who's set to become a free agent this season. Um, Kudos to the Jets. We mentioned Todd Bowles getting the extension. I think that he was a guy people were saying in the media that could be fired. But, you know, talk about exceeding expectations. The Jets, you could argue, are, have been competitive against every single team they've played this year, minus, man, minus a game or two where Bryce Petty got the start over Josh McCown. I mean, even with Josh McCown as your quarterback and winning the games that they have is very impressive. And you mentioned Bruce Arians. Uh, the, one of the guys I got on my list we, we talked about briefly is Mike Malarkey for the Titans, but that's another team that's in the playoff hunt. How can you, how can you fire a guy? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Marcus Mariota, their quarterback, came in this season uh, really not 100% healthy. He missed a, a lot of all the preseason workouts. So, and he hasn't had a good season. And what we've learned, we used to say in college football, uh, well, you got to have a quarterback. But in the NFL, you, you can't win without a quarterback. And, uh, I mean, New England certainly has proven that. So a lot of these teams that were disappointments, they lost their quarterbacks. So. Speaking of quarterbacks and the ultimate uh, quote-unquote quarterback whisperer, last guy on my list I've yet to cross out, how about Bill O'Brien? Yeah, well. Or, or is he getting the pass because of what Deshaun Watson yeah, was think, able to I do? I think he deserves a pass because he also lost J.J. Watt uh, and then a couple other defensive guys that were starters. So I... No, I, I think he deserves another shot. But, but every coach loses players to injury, right? Well, when you lose your quarterback, <clears throat> it, it's pretty hard. Well, Bill O'Brien wasn't even starting Deshaun Watson yeah. in week one. Let's remember that. Yeah, as okay. much as we want to crown him as the ultimate quarterback coach, that's my. I, that's another example. Uh, former Bill Belichick protege and Bill O'Brien getting the ultimate pass in Houston. I understand why you'd keep him. However, as a fan, as an outside observer of the Houston Texans organization, I wouldn't blame him for firing him because wow. why the hell would you not start Deshaun Watson in week one of the season? You saw what he did. Well, let me add, what's Jim Cornwell's excuse? He had Matthew Stafford the whole season. They might finish 9-7 and seven or 8-8 eight eight out of the playoffs. So what's his excuse? I think as long as Lions don't finish 0-16, their fans are going to be happy. They're the only team that's done it in NFL history, about to be joined by, uh, joined by the Cleveland Browns. The hapless Hugh Jackson-led Cleveland Browns. Let me throw this in about firing coaches after the first year. I want to go back to 1989. Jimmy Johnson was 1-15, okay? And three years later, he won back-to-back Super Bowls. So be careful about giving a guy only one year. You heard it here first, folks, from the godfather himself.